The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. Regina, Regina Quina. Hello. And I'm going to tell the story of the first time I got kissed by a boy at summer camp. So we're going to go back to the summer I was 13. And every summer for about six or seven summers before that, my parents, to get a break from me, delivered me into the arms of a paramilitary organization (laughs) called the Girl Scouts of America. (laughs) And they packed me up, took me to a parking lot in Fanwood, New Jersey, near the the McDonald's, loaded me into a bus, said goodbye to me for the summer, and I went up gladly to Camp Lou Henry Hoover on the, somebody knows it, okay on the uh, shores of Lake Swartzwood near Hapatkong, New Jersey, where I trudged up and down the hills, sang songs by the fire, toasted marshmallows, and it would be decades before I realized that kumbaya could be used ironically. (laughs) (laughs) And that summer I was 13, I was a senior, senior camper. Uh, and we, uh, one of the perks of being a senior camper is not only did you know all the rituals and all the songs and you could teach the younger campers, but you got to go to an end of the summer dance across the lake with the Boy Scouts. And we knew, and I was a budding heterosexual, and boys were a complete mystery to me. The only boys I knew were the older boys in the neighborhood who teased my sisters and I. I was the oldest of three girls or the little boys that I babysat, and neither one of those groups were of any use to me. So that summer, as a senior camper, uh, we had heard from the prior senior campers who had aged out how wonderful the dance was and how you got to kiss, you know, you could, you could hold hands and you might get kissed and you could dance, and that was wonderful, and it was the only thing that my girlfriends and I could, could think about and talk about. Um, we all shared those great big platform tents, four of us to attend in different camps, uh, at different campsites. Um, so we, um, the, the day of the big dance came. Um, they load us about 24 of us senior campers into a, a van with the senior counselors and the assistant director for the ride across, around the, um, around the lake to the Boy Scouts. And let me tell you, the boys had just outdone themselves. They turned their mess hall into a dance hall. There were probably two lines of crepe paper <laughs> there were welcome signs all around on poster board, most of them spelled correctly. <laughs> and the mood lighting was half of the overhead fluorescent lights were turned off. So that was wonderful. So we all unloaded from the van and clumped together like only 13-year-old girls can clump together, making an impenetrable wall for, for those poor teenage boys. And I got to tell you, at 13, 
I put the awe in awkward. I had not grown into my paws. I was like a great big puppy. I had frizzy hair, big nose, and braces. But as a senior camper, I was just hot stuff and looking forward to this, this magical dance that was uh, at the Boy Scout camp. So the music started, and thank goodness, uh, every third or fourth song was a slow one. So the, uh, the girls would peel off, go dancing, and um, they would drape their arms around the boys. The boys would drape their arms around the girls. And after maybe the third or fourth cycle of that, a boy came up to me and made some kind of noise that indicated that he wanted to dance with me. <laughs> and we headed to the dance floor with the rest of the dancers. And I did the same thing that my, <laughs> my compatriots did. I put my arms around him. He put his arms around me. Thank God it was a slow song. And we uh, swayed back and forth till it was over. And he held my hand and said, would you like you know, go sit down? And there was a line of chairs behind the snack table. And some of the couples were sitting next to each other, holding hands. Some were kissing a little bit. And honestly, there were enough chaperones there. And believe me, I know the doors were locked, so nobody was going anywhere. I don't think they really cared. Um, so we sat down next to each other, my hands in my lap like a, a good little girl. And he put his hand on top of mine and started stroking his thumb back and forth on the top of my hand. And the sensation was amazing. <laughs> I felt things I did not understand, especially from the waist down. It was absolutely wonderful. And then he leaned in. And I said, oh, this is it. I'm going to get kissed. And he put his lips near mine, put his lips on mine. There might have been some proto-attempt at tongue. <laughs> and we kissed. Aww. And it was over. <laughs> and for a million dollars, I could not tell you that boy's name. <laughs> I have a vague memory of a shock of dark brown hair, a scraggly teenage mustache, and a cloud of whatever deodorant was popular that year. The poor boy was a cipher. The kiss was over. It was nothing. It was a cipher. But the feeling of his thumb caressing my hand is a sensation that has stayed with me for a lifetime. Thank you. Okay, so the, the story I have tonight actually is going to go back to Pride. Um, it has been a year, just this week is a year since I moved to Charlotte. Um, we literally fled Florida because fucking Florida, okay? Um, yeah. So my wife came with me. She's here tonight. She, she's not kinky, y'all, just so you know. Like, and ladies, you don't have a shot. If, I, if she was... I mean, if Candy's story didn't turn her gay, nothing will. Um, anyway, so we came here a year ago. I got involved in like the kink community in Charlotte. I was loving it. There's lots of great people, all this stuff going on. 
And then June hit, and it's Pride Month, right? And I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I'm just like, eh. But I was, I was seeing this girl. You met her. You met her um, at the hunt. <laughs> and, and I talked about her at my last story, actually, um, the, the scene top that I, I, I played with a couple of times. And she's like, well, come to Myrtle Beach. Like, we have this little group that we have parties. Like, we're talking about, like, 10 people. And I'm like, okay, I've never done a small party. Sure, why not? So I go to Myrtle Beach for the weekend. And I get there on a Friday, and I meet her at her place, and I get ready, and I've got, like, my super cute thigh-high red boots on and a cute little black dress, and I'm feeling good. And we go to the gay bar, which is kind of weird because most of her friends are straight-ish, I guess. Like... Like, they're not legitimate-a-quoi. They're, like, a little legitimate-a-quoi kind of, like, folks in this group. But I'm like, whatever. It's a drag show. Okay, fine. I'll go. Like, I've been to, like, 35 drag shows in my life. I'm at this point, I'm like, whatever. They're, you know, they're more for the straights anyway. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> this drag show, y'all, was, I was like, oh. I'm talking about, like, black femboys voguing on stage. I was like, that's fucking awesome. I'm like, lesbian, like, masked lesbians, like, throwing money at them. Like, it was this mix in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it was so fucking queer. I was like, oh, my God. My heart is so happy right now. It was great. It was this amazing night. It was so much fun. Just watching all this, like, queer joy, like, it made me feel like, oh, okay, like, all right, maybe, maybe Pride's okay. Maybe, like, maybe I'm feeling the Pride a little more this month now. Like, it was this good moment. But that was Friday night. Saturday night, we, we, we had our little party, and, and we had our little scene. And she put me on a spanking bench, and that was my first time on a spanking bench. Now, if you know the scene top, some of you all know the scene top that I, I, I have in my life. <sighs> She gets mad when I give her puns. She, 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 that's only because I outpun you, Regina. She gets mad when I make fun of her, her antiquated iPhone and her blue bubbles and her, and her fanny pack. And I do it on purpose. Why? Because I'm a brat. So I fuck with her on a regular basis texts, in our Discord group, in Fat Life, all over the place. I fuck with her every chance I get because I know eventually she's going to get me in that place. And when I get to that place, I don't brat. You get me on the bench, on the cross, on the whatever, I'm, I've been bratting. Let's see what you got. Give it to me now. So she... So she gets me on there, and she got this neat little rack that she's set up, and she's had all these toys up on it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and I can't tell you all a whole lot about the scene, because to be honest, I don't fucking remember much. Because, woo! Like, she got me to a place that I had previously not been. Like, she called the scene. Earlier, I was like, I can keep going. I'm good. And later on, I was like, why'd you call it? She's like, you were very floaty, and you, like, were having a hard time forming sentences, and, like, you know, we'd only had a couple scenes, so I felt like that was the responsible thing to do. I'm like, okay, next time, don't stop. 
And she's like, okay. The thing is, she's like forming a sentence, and at one point, she's like got me so hard with a paddle. I think it was that goddamn Wanderella paddle again. She's got me so hard with that thing. She leans down. I'm on the spanking bench. I'm like, ah. She leans down. She's like, so, tell me a pun now. <laughs> this bitch. God damn it. Tell me a pun. I was like, uh-huh. I got, I, I, no. No, nothing. So, she had this thing. It was like, it's like the evil stick, only it was like four feet long, and it had a little bit bigger around on the end, and she's thwacking me my ass cheek with that, and I'm like, you know, this is, this is fucking hers. This feels good, though. I'm enjoying this. If you've never been on a spanking bench, the interesting thing when you're bent over like that is that your whole ass is presented. She took just a little half step forward and got in there and I jumped and I yelped. And she was like, oh God, did I hurt you? I was like, no, you hit my butthole. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for that. And, and, and then we were able to continue on, and I was very much into like subby space and hanging out. I just got a snort laugh, y'all. I just got the snort laugh. Um, but yeah, she got me like deep, deep into that space. Later on, after the scene, I'm just kind of floating along, hanging out, wrapped up in my blanket. I'm just happy as I could be. Um, someone else was doing wax play at the party, and I was like, yes. So I got this, and it's on my, on my profile. There's this picture of like this glow-in-the-dark wax all over my chest and all over my titties. And it's like one of my favorite pictures. And I just lit, I laid there, and I got that, and I was happy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, no, you can use the shower, get cleaned up, showered off, got in the hot tub, and I'm just floating naked in this hot tub. And I'm just like, fuck, okay, I got a little bit of pride here. I'm like a trans girl doing all kinds of queer shit in South Carolina. Like, all right, pride's alive. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm not broken. Well, I learned something new. Um, and that is, previous to maybe a month ago, I did not typically squirt with partners. It's more of a, you know, special circumstance. Some vibrator's about to die. I'm really going for it, and it would happen. And then I met someone who was interested in a challenge. And we started out lots of flirting, you know, oh, you, I go, you know, I go lots of times, and you know, I don't think you can keep up, and me going, do you know how many people have said that to me? <laughs> literally, I told this to my friends, and literally everyone snorted and went, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, you can't keep up. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, this man brought three condoms to the event. Just, mm hmm <laughs> so needless to say, I kept up. 
ever. <laughs> However, not only did I squirt, I squirted nine times that day. Three towels, one bed sheet, a comforter, all soaked. Um, but I was having a great time and I was not about to stop. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, it was six times the first time, nine times the second time. And, uh, and then uh, at one point, um, I was straddling his face and, and he was eating me out so, so wonderfully. And I had like no concept of my body, of what was going on, of anything. I was just fully in the moment. And it, it wasn't until I um, disembarked that I, <laughs> I realized, um, I tried to drown the man. <laughs> and he goes, you squirted three times just during the this. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, really, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> did you have fun with that? And he goes, yes, yes. That was good. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, but the problem was, not during, but after he left. The day had passed, and it was nighttime, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I know I just got fucked silly, but also, like, my vibrator is calling to me. I just need a little something before bed. <laughs> Instantly squirted. So much and so quickly that it did not soak into the bed. It ran off the bed. Like a puddle this big, and then I just watched it as it went onto my floor. <laughs> and I laid there and I was like, am I, do I have to carry towels with me everywhere I go now? Am I ever going to safely come again? And, and, and I've learned that with a little downtime, I can get my body to like calm down a little bit um, so that my solo practices are um, require less cleanup, which for me is good. I'm happy with that. But yes, I have learned new things about the body and I still don't understand where all that fluid came from. <laughs> Because it just didn't, I, listen, I stayed hydrated. I have historically stayed hydrated for sex because I understand the importance of fluids. However, I have never been so terrified of my own body's ability to do something. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I, I have found the middle ground. Um, I, am, I am not in danger at all times. Uh, because also I come really easily too. <laughs> and I was not ready to make this a multiple daily occurrence for the rest of my life. But I am so genuinely pleased at this, um, this new occurrence now that, now that I know that I'm not in danger at all times, of course. And that's it for me. <laughs> This episode of Foreplay Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator, Metanoia. 
These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs>